This is AWLS, Podcasts on Wilderness Medicine, from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson from the University of Utah School of Medicine. Today we're going to talk about ticks. Ticks are... Uh, all over the place, uh, most people have not never had a tick on them. People who go into the back country uh, tend to get ticks on them. People who are around animals uh, tend to get ticks on them. Uh, some interesting things about ticks, they are not insects, though most people would say that they were. They're more similar to spiders and are classified as arachnoids, which are similar to scorpions and to mites. They require blood for their sustenance. They don't jump. They don't fly. They don't fall off of trees and land on you. What happens is a tick will crawl up uh, on a low, uh, low brush or grass, and that's how they find a host. They'll clasp onto the brush or the grass with their back legs, and they reach out with their front legs. That process is called questing, and that's how they attach onto someone. They don't leap. They don't fall. They really need to grab on with their front a pair of appendages. They find their uh, uh, host by detecting the breath or body odors. Uh, Sometimes they sense the body heat or the moisture or the vibrations. They attach very quickly to their toes uh, generally, but others will wander on the host looking for a thinner skin, such as an area behind the ear. Depending upon the tick species and the life stage, Uh, preparing to feed can take from 10 minutes to two hours. After they locate a suitable host, the the tick will grasp onto the skin and then cut into the surface. They extract the blood by cutting a hole in the host's uh, epidermis, uh, into which they insert their first pair of appendages, which is called a hypostome. They don't insert the head. Uh, they actually don't have a head, and that's a huge misnomer that ticks don't have heads that are left in if you don't get them out correctly. Their little tinky, deeny, uh, tiny uh, hypostome is uh, all that goes in, and if it's left behind, it doesn't matter. They keep the blood from clotting by excreting an anticoagulant or a platelet aggregation inhibitor. Uh, the ticks satisfy all the nutritional needs uh, from feeding on the uh, diet of, of, uh, of blood from their uh, species, uh, the host. This practice is known as uh, hematophagy and is common amongst uh, insects and arachnoids. They, in fact, are obligate hematophages. That means they need blood to survive, and they'll move from one stage of the life to the next based on the blood that they get. They do not feed on plants at all. Uh, Ticks unable to find a human or an animal host to feed on will die. Uh, This behavior has been around for uh, 100 million years or more. Uh, And uh, if uh, the vast majority of uh, ticks that are born do not find a host and will die, uh, all stages of ticks need uh, blood, and so even the tiny ones uh, will do that. they're usually bitten, humans are usually bitten by very small uh, larvae or nymphs and are not easily seen on the skin or clothing. We usually just see the larger ones. Around the world, there are upwards of 1,000, uh, close to about 800 ticks uh, throughout the world. 
But all ticks belong to two major families, and that's the hard tick and the soft tick. The hard tick is called uh, the Exotidae. Sometimes we say Exotides. And the uh, Argacidae, and these are the soft ticks. The hard ticks, if you drop them to the ground and step on them, they won't crush. A soft tick will. There is one family um, in, uh, uh, down by uh, Tanzania and, and Namibia in South Africa. It is called Nutalaila uh, and uh, is, is very rare and localized to that area. It's, not, it's neither categorized to the hard or soft. The ones that we worry most about are the Exotidae and the Ergacidae uh, species. The Exotidae uh, tick has absolutely no fixed dwelling place except on the host. In fact, some of the family of ticks remain for most of their life on a single animal. Now that is kind of foreign to us because humans will see a tick and take it off. We usually don't have ticks on us for very long. Uh, people will, would rarely encounter these ticks, but sometimes their animal hosts bring ticks into the home. For instance, a bat will roost in the attic, or a dog will uh, bring something in, and they'll live in the cabins. These ticks wander onto the human uh, species and um, uh, uh, will live there. For uh, Like the brown dog tick can thrive and readily complete its entire life cycle uh, within a human home, uh, though this may, may not be its preferred environment. Ticks would probably not ever uh, bite a human because we're not a great host, because they'll, we wander so much, we'll uh, go into the back country, get a tick, it will feed and somehow fall off on the floor of an airport uh, terminal, such as in O'Hare in Chicago, and have nowhere to go. So uh, we're not the preferred habitat. Um, ticks usually live on the ground. The Exotis ticks particularly does. They live on short grasses, shady moist areas near the edges of woodlands. They don't go up very high. They don't want to go up very high. They cling to grass and short shrubs. You could almost count them to being, you know, a one or two feet below the ground. They live in lawns, gardens, and uh, around the edges of woods and old stone walls. That's a real common place to find them. Some of the misnomers are that uh, we have to get rid of, and that is ticks cannot jump or fly. They do not drop on passing people or animals as they go under a tree or tall bush, and they don't live on dead animals at all. Uh, ticks get on humans and animals only by direct contact, by questing, I think is what we said earlier. And once on its skin, the, the tick will climb upwards until it reaches a protected or a desired area. And they don't necessarily like to go high. They would rather uh, stay low. They're distributed throughout the world, but they tend to flourish in countries with warm, humid climates because they require a certain amount of moisture in the air to undergo metamorphosis. And because low temperatures inhibit the development from eggs to larvae, they will live in warm areas. The habitat most preferred by the ticks is the interface between lawn uh, and, where, and woods. Uh, in a, a simple sentence, uh, ticks are uh, ground uh, dwellers. Uh, that's uh, where they live. Ticks are uh, great spreaders of disease. In fact, only the mosquito spreads more disease than they do. There are about 20 known diseases that are spread from ticks to humans. The exact number is not known. They discovered three in the last five years. And there's probably more out there. But the ones that are most responsible are, 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 are generally well-known. Some are not as well-known. Rickettsia are responsible for typhus, rickettsial pox, Bhutanese fever, uh, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, to name a few. There's um, 
Other tick-borne diseases include Lyme disease, which is one of the more famous ones, Q fever, Colorado tick fever, the Crimean Congo, hemorrhagic fever, tularemia is a common one, spread by other insects as well, tick-borne relapsing fever, which uh, is actually quite common on the hiking trails, babapiosis, erlichiosis, uh, bourbon virus, uh, uh, to name some others. Some of the more recently ones discovered are ones like the Heartland virus. So uh, they keep discovering more uh, and uh, uh, trying to identify them. Unlike the mosquito, however, and this is probably one of the more important concepts of this podcast, is a mosquito which transmits disease instantaneously, virtually 100% of the time. Uh, Transmission from a tick bite can take up to two to three days. Therefore, if you remove a tick within the first 24 hours after it attaches to you, your chance of contracting a disease is fairly low. It's not unheard of for a tick to be carrying three different diseases at one time, making a diagnosis very difficult. So frequent uh, tick checks is uh, so essential uh, whenever you're in an area where there could be ticks. This could be um, in your own home, home, but it's generally around animals uh, uh, where you have to be concerned, where animals uh, will travel and you might be hiking on the the same trail of them, or you might be in an area where there are animals. Um, So if you do get rid of the tick within the time that it takes for the disease to be transmitted, you're not going to get sick. And uh, frequently, if you're looking for ticks, often you won't even see them uh, from the time they quest and attach to the time that they attach to you. You might get them before they attach. So the best way to avoid disease transmission is to prevent ticks from attaching and to perform, uh, you know, frequent tick checks. You should also know which t- uh, ticks and which diseases are present in the area where you're hiking and camping. For example, in the United States of America, uh, in the states of South Carolina, uh, uh, Tennessee, and North Carolina, we see the highest incident of Rocky Mountain spotted fever. And in fact, in that area, if you get sick, it's almost assumed that you, you might have Rocky Mountain spotted fever. Rocky Mountain spotted fever is not found in the Rocky Mountains. This disease bears the name Rocky Mountain spotted fever because it was isolated in the northern Rocky Mountains in Montana in the United States. Uh, the Rocky Mountain Lab named it after uh, itself, uh, and uh, even though it's not found very much in the Rocky Mountains. It's also important to know uh, other diseases in the area. For example, relapsing fever carried by ticks in the, uh, in the Sierra Nevadas is, uh, is found. If you know how to treat that, um, you may not need to evacuate someone. Uh, the symptoms come and go. It lasts about a week, and it can be t- treated with tetracycline or doxycycline, and you may not need to bring them out of the backcountry. So when you go uh, traveling, make sure you know what ticks are there, along with mosquitoes and other you know, diseases, but in, but particularly in this case, ticks, ticks, and know the diseases and the treatment. Uh, tick paralysis is uh, a common people would be on the back of the neck and become paralyzed. Removing the tick will will spread that. Um, uh, Ehrlichiosis is has symptoms similar to Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and is treated with doxycycline. Uh, uh, Colorado tick fever is a virus and uh, was very common in the uh, pioneers settling the western United States. Borrelia burgdorferi is a disease uh, which um, is spread in the northeastern United States. The disease actually is Lyme disease, 
um, uh, an interesting uh, background on that was the uh, uh, while Lyme disease probably had been seen in humans, uh, it was not well known. The the term as a disease comes from a a reservoir and moves to another reservoir is called spillover. So even though there may have been many spillover events of Lyme disease caused by Borrelia burgdorferi, uh, it had not been isolated. And then in the mid and middle nineteen uh, seventies, in the area around Lyme, Connecticut. Uh, actually, what happened was two mothers were talking about their children. Uh, two of their, their daughters had uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, and this was kind of a coincidence. And then they discovered that other friends had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, uh, and uh, now you have an epidemic uh, and an unusual high incident of this disease. similar event was happening in southern Wisconsin. It it later became presumed that the the incident of this was being was infectious in origin, and it was left to uh, Willie Bergdorf, who was an epidemiologist and an uh, infectious disease specialist in Wisconsin, to isolate the spirochete that was spreading the disease, and they named it after him, Borrelia burgdorferi, uh, for his work in that. What had happened up in Lyme, Connecticut, in the in the seventies is developers had gone into the woods and had chopped down trees uh, to build homes. This is a, a, not an unusual practice, but as humans become in contact with insects and animals, their diseases will spill over into humans. So as trees were chopped down, uh, the uh, opossums left. Opossums will eat uh, ticks, not just a few ticks, an opossum will eat three, four, maybe even 5,000 ticks in a week. Um, they go to the mice, and they'll just eat them right off the mice or wherever. But they'll eat the, all stages of development. When you chop down the trees, the opossum goes. And when you chop down the trees, the big birds go, and the big birds eat a lot of mice. Mice is the preferred habitat for developing nymphs of ticks. As a consequence, when the trees go... Uh, the mice live, and the ticks just flourish on the mice. So now you have humans moving into a tick environment where spillover may have occurred before, but it was not common. But now you have all these people living surrounded by ticks carrying Borrelia burgdorferi and Lyme disease uh, spilled over and then emerged, which is the term used to describe after a disease has spilled over, uh, becomes uh, develops a new uh, uh, reservoir. So that was an interesting time back then, but that is not unusual. It's happened with uh, malaria down in Southeast Asia as uh, humans moved more into the area where monkeys were involved than monkey malaria spread into uh, humans. So uh, the spillover and the emergence is a common problem. Uh, Babebiosis is another one. It is a rare disease that's uh, spread by the exotis tick. Tularemia is uh, seen worldwide has little activity in Africa, Australia, England, South America. It's mostly in North America and the United States. Uh, one thing to remember, and we said it earlier, is that individual ticks can harbor more than one disease agent. This means the patients can be infected with more diseases. Uh, and this becomes a problem as you try to diagnose people or try to uh, treat. So again, the best way to avoid uh, having a tick disease is to avoid being, uh, uh, having the tick bite you and, and in fact having the tick 
prevent having the tick from even attaching to you. Remember uh, that ticks uh, are attracted to body odors, uh, breath, heat, moisture, vibrations. Uh, so anything that you can do to limit that. Know where ticks are found. Ticks are, are on trails where animals frequent. There are where animals live. Uh, so wearing loose-fitting clothing will help prevent the tick from attaching. Shirts should be tucked into pants, then pants, uh, pants into uh, socks. Frequent tick checks to prevent the spread of disease. Permethrin should be applied to clothes. As we said, permethrin is a powerful insecticide. It comes from the chrysanthemum plants family. DEET should be applied directly to the skin. It's really the best one to prevent ticks uh, from attaching uh, uh, rather than the oil of lemon eucalyptus or the permethrin. Contrary to popular belief, oil of uh, citronella has no real benefit to preventing tick bites, even though it's used a lot. Uh, because of its uh, the way it smells and the ease of use. Uh, the way to get off a tick is very simple. You just pull it off the skin. You can use your fingers if needed, uh, but if you have tweezers or some other tools, grab it down by the uh, surface of the skin as possible to avoid inoculating uh, the bite. There's no studies to show that squeezing a tick by its body will squeeze uh, disease into the bite, but if you can grab it by the head, you have a better chance of pulling out the entire tick, and you also will avoid the possibility of inoculating the wounds. The tick does not have a head. It has a small poker called a hypostome, and this is what uh, uh, is could potentially be left in the skin. But if it remains in the skin, the clinical consequences are non-existent. There are many ways. Uh, so grabbing a tick and just pulling it off and then just throwing it down on the ground, uh, you don't want to touch it with a hot match. Apply nail polish to it. Uh, you don't want to uh, put Vaseline on it to try and get it to back out. What will happen if you do those things? You'll just kill the tick, and then it will be just be stuck in the skin. Uh, so uh, you can freeze a tick. If you happen to have liquid nitrogen, uh, freezing a tick is a good way, but most people don't have liquid nitrogen in the back country. So just pull the tick off and throw it out. Now you have to watch for infection. Uh, because ticks do carry disease, and you should know the diseases in the area. You might have one, two, or three diseases from a single uh, tick bite. Carry doxycycline with you because most of the uh, diseases that can be treated can be treated with doxycycline. Uh, if it's a virus, then you just treat for uh, the symptoms. So otherwise, uh, uh, um, Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, tularemia, or leukiosis, uh, doxycycline is very effective. Otherwise, it's just supportive care. So remember, uh, for tick removal, don't use petroleum jelly. Do not use fingernail polish. Do not use rubbing alcohol, a hot match, gasoline. Do not grab the rear end of the tick. Uh, and do not uh, twist or uh, jerk the tick. It will might, it might uh, facilitate leading part of the tick uh, in uh, the body. Avoid, avoidance of the disease is better. Uh, pulling the tick off and frequent tick checks is, uh, is essential in helping to spread disease. Well, this ends this podcast. And again, uh, thank you for listening. <laughs>